But why is supported by Progressive? Progressive helps you compare direct auto rates from a variety of companies, so you can find a great one, even if it's not with them. Quote today at Progressive.com to find a rate that works with your budget. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. This is But Why, a podcast for curious kids from Vermont Public Radio. I'm Jane Lindholm. In each episode of this show, we take questions you've sent us and we try to track down answers. Today, we're going to talk about something we all have, but we don't usually think about. A dominant hand. Now, some of you might be saying you're ambidextrous, able to use both hands equally. Don't worry, we'll get to you. Most of you listening right now, though, are right-handed, meaning you naturally use your right hand to do most tasks, like writing, brushing your teeth, or throwing a ball. And you are probably right-footed, too. But about 10% of the population is left-handed. I'm left-handed, and so is my brother, even though both of our biological parents are right-handed. That's quite rare, apparently, and I've always been fascinated with why most people are righties, but a few of us are lefties and whether that means anything else about how our brains or bodies work differently from righties. And some of you are just as curious about this as I am. Why are some people left-handed and why are some people right-handed? My name is Aiden. I'm five years old and I live in San Diego. So we called up someone who has spent many, many years asking the same questions you've been sending us. My name is Chris McManus, and I'm a professor who teaches at University College London in both the psychology department and also in the medical school. And why are you the right person for us to talk to about left-handedness and right-handedness? I guess the simple answer is that I've been studying right and left-handedness for about 30, 40 years. And about 20 years ago, I wrote a a whole book on the topic called Right Hand, Left Hand. And are you right-handed? I am right-handed, yes. People assume that I wouldn't possibly be interested in a thing like left-handedness unless I was left-handed myself, but that's not the case. I'm interested because there's lots of good scientific questions about why some things are to the right and some things are to the left. Well, let's get right to the primary question that so many kids have asked us, and that is, why are people left-handed or right-handed? Why are some people one and some people another? My name is Oscar, and I'm six years old, and I live in Jersey City, New Jersey. And my question is, why do some people write with the right hand and some write with the left hand? My name is Caroline. I am five years old, and I'm from Voorhees, New Jersey. And my question is, why are some people right-handed and why are some left? My name is Ethan. I am seven years old. I live in Eugene, Oregon. And my question is, why are people left-handed and right-handed? Hi, my name is Ella and I am six years old 
and I live in Mendham, New Jersey, and my question is, why are some of us lefties, and why are some of us righties? I'm Jeremiah. I live in Oak Park, Illinois. I'm six years old, and my question is, why for some people are, are one hand stronger than the other? Okay, there's two very separate things here. One is, why do we prefer to use one hand rather than the other? And the simple answer to that is probably that it pays to specialise. It's better to practise having done something with one hand and spend much more time on it as a result than to try and do it sometime with one hand and sometime with the other. So in that way, for instance, we spend, what, four, five, six years at school learning to write and we spent that four, four, five or six years using mainly our right hand or mainly our left hand. If we spent three years on one hand and three years on the other, we wouldn't be as good. So it always pays to specialise. OK, so it pays to specialise. So that that makes total sense. We're going to be better at something that we practice over and over. And if we're practising it with one hand, we're going to get really good at it. But how did how do we determine which hand to use? I think the simple answer is that it just feels natural to do it one way rather than the other. So we don't use our right hand because we're better at using it. We use our right hand because we like using it. And then that makes us better with it. So we we mustn't get those things mixed up. And there are a lot of things where we just spontaneously do something one way round rather than another. Uh, the one I always like is if, if you simply clasp your hands together very quickly, most people will always have the same thumb on the top. I have the right thumb on top when I clasp my hands. I haven't practised it. I don't, I'm not necessarily skilled at doing it. It just is the way I do it. Yes, I can, and I have a video link and I can see you doing it and thinking to yourself about it. So that's just a preference. Uh, if it mattered, I'd probably become very skilled at it if I had to do it very quickly or something. But I'd do it that way around. So it's a preference in the end. Try it. Clasp your hands together with your fingers entwined. See which thumb is on top. Now, try to clasp your hands together so that the other thumb is on top. Feels kind of weird, doesn't it? A different variation would be to cross your arms. See which wrist ends up on top when you cross your arms. Now cross your arms the other way and see if it feels awkward. Okay, but what is it that tells us which hand feels right and which one feels weird? About 90% of people use their right hand more than their left. But that means about 10% of people are lefties. So why? What determines whether your dominant hand is your right or your left? It's a very good question, and it's the one that really got me interested in this area a long while ago. I think the basic answer is that we're mostly right-handed, but and some of us are left-handed because we inherit it that way. So if you have two parents who are right-handed, you're much more likely to be right-handed than if you have two parents who are left-handed. It's far from straightforward, and earlier I think you told me that you and your sister, brother, are both left-handed, but both your parents are right-handed. But nevertheless, if you look at large numbers of families, that's the pattern you find. So we inherit something here. There's something in our genes which makes us mostly right-handed. 
Why we're mostly right-handed is a different question. And it probably comes from the fact that our brain is asymmetric. And so I'm talking to you at the moment with the left half of my brain. And most people use the left half of their brain to, to talk. So our brains are very asymmetric. And asymmetric means not the same on either side. Our brains are different on the right and left sides. With the left half being what we call dominant, it's the more important one for language. And where that comes from is the next question, because as always, when you ask why, you can ask why to the next question and why to the answer to that question. And probably in the long term, all of these things go down to the other thing that makes us very different on the two sides and which we don't think much about. And that's that my heart is on the left side of my body. That's true of almost all humans. Only about one in 10,000 people have their heart on the right side. I mean, the right hand side. The, all the other 9,999 have their heart on the left. And that's true of all animals, really all the vertebrates, all the animals with backbones. And probably the fact that our brain is different on the two sides has developed from the fact that actually our bodies are different on the two sides. That's fascinating, because we think of our bodies as looking pretty much the same on both sides. We do think about our bodies being looking pretty much the same on the two sides. And they are on the outside, because if one leg, say, was much longer than another, than the other, you'd run in circles or something. You need to be the same when you're doing things in the world. But look inside our bodies, ask a surgeon about what's going on inside your tummy and your abdomen or inside your chest. And they'll tell you the, the liver's on one side, the spleen's on the other, the appendix is here, the, and so on and so on. But it doesn't matter inside. It's only on the outside it matters that we're what we call symmetric, that we have the two things roughly the same. So there's a lot of strange things here, but it's when things are on the outside of the body, it matters that they're the same. When they're inside, <laughs> who cares? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, I'm starting to see that, you know, there are different things happening inside our body that is not the same on either side. It's not a mirror image on my left side as on my right side. And so some things are going to function differently, but the vast majority of people, for example, have their hearts on the left side. But when it comes to handedness, a, a good minority of people, 10%, that's not nothing. About 10% of us are left-handed. So why? What is, what is going on there? Why, why is anybody left-handed then? My name is Lily. I am seven years old. I live in Harvard, Massachusetts. And my question is, why is there more righties than lefties? Hi, my name is Claire, and I'm nine years old, and I'm from Yorktown, Virginia. And my question is, why are most people right-handed? I'm Aria, and I'm six, and I'm from Houston, and I'm a lefty, but why are most people right-handed? My name is Evan, and I live in Garner Valley, Pennsylvania. I am nine years old. My question is, why are most people righties and not many people lefties? If you think about it, there's three possible ways you could be. 
It could be that half the people in the world are right-handed and half the people in the world are left-handed. And that's just like tossing a coin. And we could have ended up like that. Interestingly, that's the way most animals are. Half of cats are right-handed and half are left-handed. Half of dogs are left-pawed and half are right-pawed. Half of mice are right-handed and half are left-handed. And so on. How do we know? Because scientists are cunning people and they find ways of checking these things. I mean, we're not making the mice write their names, right? No, but if you want to know whether, a, say, if you want to know whether your cat is right-pawed or left-pawed, then... Wait till it's hungry and put a tin out of cat food on the table where there's only about half an inch of food at the bottom of the tin and watch it put its paw down into the tin to try and get the food out. And most cats will always use one paw rather than the other. And that's the way we know. Which do they prefer to do something which they want to do? Uh, so we know that for a wide range of animals. But that's not like humans. So something changed with humans. People are different. And of course, the thing that makes people different from um, animals, people do write and animals don't write. But really, people speak and use language and animals don't speak and write and use language. I hate to say it, but although all the children listening to this will understand it and enjoy it, the cats and dogs won't understand a word of it, of course, because it's only humans who have language. And that language is, in most people, in the left half of the brain. And so that, that means that right and left are different. And then at that point, you'd say, well, instead of being half, half of the people are right-handed and half of the people are left-handed, why isn't everybody right-handed and have language in their left hemisphere? Why are there any left-handers at all? And the simple answer to that somewhere has to be that there has to be an advantage to being left-handed. If there weren't an advantage to being left-handed, there probably wouldn't be left-handers. So left-handers are probably different in some way. And lots of left-handers have made lots of claims about why left-handers are better and superior and more intelligent and more attractive and more interesting <laughs> and all the other things. We're not sure we believe many of those as scientists. But nevertheless, there has to be something which means that left-handers continue to survive at about 10% of people. And so there has to be an advantage lurking there for that. And that's something we're still trying to understand. Do you have any sense of what that advantage might be? My guess is that right-handers in general are very similar to one another. They're what I call off the peg. You go into a shop, you just buy a, a dress or a blouse or a skirt or a suit or something, and it's you can buy one that's fine. They're all the same. You just pick the right size. Left-handers, I think, are much more special. They're what in, if you were buying a suit, you'd say they're bespoke. They're tailored for the particular person. They have different combinations of things in their brain. Because it's not just language which is on one side. There's all sorts of other things on the two halves of the brain. And my suspicion is that left-handers have some things on the right and some on the left. And that very often that gives them an advantage they become more skilled at particular things. And the sort of things which might be the case, 
There's a suggestion that left-handers are better at music. There's a suggestion that left-handers are better at mathematics. And those are sort of thing, the sort of skills that may be better. They, they may be better at certain sports. And that's the sort of thing that would mean that left-handers would have enough of an advantage to survive, I'm afraid, the very obvious problems of being left-handed. You know, the world is a right-handed world. If you buy a lot of products, you'll find they're not designed for left-handers to use. Uh, a lot of tools and that sort of thing. Buy an old-fashioned camera with a shutter and a switch you push down. They're all designed for right-handers and so on and so on. Typewriters are designed and computers are designed for right-handers. The mouse is usually on the right side, etc., etc. So left-handers must have something going for them that means that they continue to survive, even though the, the right-handers make it quite hard for them sometimes. <laughs> Coming up, more on why it's harder to be a lefty. This is But Why, a podcast for curious kids. I'm Jane Lindholm. We're talking today about why some people are right-handed and some people are left-handed. And we're speaking with Chris McManus, author of the book Right Hand, Left Hand, The Origins of Asymmetry in Brains, Bodies, Atoms, and Cultures. Here's a question from Lily. I'm seven years old and live in Hayworth, Illinois. My question is, why a long time ago did right-handed people try to force left-handed people to be right-handed? Why did people at least used to try to make left-handed people write with their right hand and be right-handed. Lily's question is a very good one. And like all good questions, it's actually more complicated than it looks. Um, why on earth would they do that would be the immediate uh, thing to say. Well, one of the things is that society finds it quite difficult if some people do things differently. An obvious example, in America, people drive on the right. But imagine that 10% of people said, I want to drive on the left. Would it work? It would be incredibly dangerous. The traffic would go very slowly and so on. The cars wouldn't be designed for it because the steering wheels are on the wrong side and so on and so on. And so there's often a situation where everybody should be the same way round. Think about an orchestra where you've got all the violinists playing there. They always play in a right-handed way, holding the instrument with their left hand and the bow in their right hand. Now imagine one of them plays in the left-handed way and they're stuck in the middle of a group of other violinists in the orchestra. When they bow the violin, they hit the, the violinist next to them in the ear. You can't have people all the other way round. So very often it makes sense in society for things to be organised so that everybody's the same way round. Sometimes, though, you see situations where it pays to be different. In football, I mean English football, you need players on both sides of the pitch. But getting people who can kick with their left foot on the left side of the pitch is quite hard. In baseball, which is, a, is an asymmetric game, it, you only go round it one way, you go round it anti-clockwise, left-handers are actually at an advantage. And in particular, at an advantage, are switch hitters. But they, there's all sorts of ways in which suddenly being left-handed or being the other way round is ben a benefit. So it, it's not always obvious when things are, it's good to all be the same and when it's good to be different. 
What about right-handedness? There it's worth going back to when people really started to worry about it. And in Britain and probably in America as well, it was in the 19th century, between about 1840, 1850, 1860, when it was decided it would be a very good thing if all children went to school and learned to read and in particular to write. And that's what we call universal literacy. The idea that everybody can read and write. And it's clearly very beneficial. It's very good. The trouble is, left-handers would have found it quite difficult then to learn to write. And the reason is actually that the pens they had were sharp steel pens, which had to be dipped into ink in an inkwell on the desk. And a right-hander pulls the pen across the paper and the ink flows nicely. A left-hander tries to do the same thing. They have to push the pen across the paper and the pen keeps sticking in. It catches in the fibres of the paper. The ink splashes everywhere. It makes a mess. And so you can see that people might have said it's better if people learn to write with their right hand. And it's only a small step from there to saying, mm, well, maybe you should make everybody write with their mm -hmm. right hand. And then people get told off or punished for doing it the wrong way around. Incidentally, I, people sometimes say to me, what's the greatest invention for left-handers? And the answer is very simple. It's the biro, the ballpoint pen. Because a left-hander and a right-hander can write equally well with it. It doesn't smudge when you put your hand, your hand over it. That's actually transformed the lives of left-handers immensely. <laughs> And now we don't actually care at school whether people write with their right or their left hand. Yes, as a left-handed person, smudging, smudging with a pencil, for example, has been a constant problem. What about people who seem to do things equally well with both hands? We call them ambidextrous, both hands. Ambidextrous is a great word. It sounds so wonderfully scientific. People love to quote it. And people also like to say, oh, I'm ambidextrous, you know, half the rest of you are right or left-handed, but I'm ambidextrous. It actually means that people can do things equally well with either hand. And my simple theory on ambidexterity, as it's called, is that it doesn't exist. That when I get people in my laboratory and I ask them to do complicated tasks with their right or their left hand, I find almost nobody who can do them equally well with both hands. And even if they practice, they find it quite hard. Now, you can practice hard enough so you can do things equally well with both hands. A concert pianist who's playing the piano can do that. Their hands go up and down the keyboard equally well. But they've actually spent 20 years learning to do that and probably 30, 40, 50,000 hours. Most of us don't do that. And actually, if I bring people like that into my laboratory, they still can't do my tasks <laughs> equally well with the right or left hand. So that I don't think ambidexterity exists. So why do people sometimes say I'm ambidextrous? And I think the answer is that they're talking about something slightly different. And that's that it's not that they can do any task equally well with either hand. It's that there are some tasks they do well with one hand and other tasks they do well with the other hand. And the clearest example of that is amongst left-handers, by which I mean people who write with their left hand, 
about one in three of those left-handers actually throws a ball better, more accurately, with their right hand. So they're mixed. I call them mixed-handers. They're mixed, mixed in that they prefer one hand for writing and the other hand for throwing. And incidentally, they do very well in sports yeah. because they have all sorts of strange skills. Um, so I think that's where people get the idea that they're ambidextrous. They are different, but they can't do things equally well with both hands. So I call them mixed-handers. You know, you've spent, you said, most of your career thinking about these issues, and other people have as well. What is still left to learn or understand about handedness and dominant hands and, and dominant parts of our body? Probably the most intriguing unanswered question. There are two good questions. The most intriguing un unanswered question is why are there more left-handed males than females? If you go into a school and you ask the children which are right-handed and which are left-handed, for every five left-handed boys, you'll find about four left-handed girls. And that's found in all the studies. We have no idea why. So that's something I'd really like to know the answer to. The other thing has only really become of interest in recent years. There have been lots of big studies. We call them cohort studies, where you follow children from birth right up into adulthood. And many of those have looked at left-handedness, amongst other things. It became clear about 10 years ago that right-handers are more likely to have been breastfed whereas left-handers are somewhat more likely to have been bottle-fed. Now, this is intriguing because there aren't many things which we call environmental, things that happen to people which seem to make them more likely to be right or left-handed. This one seems indisputable, but what the difference is between relying on bottle milk and natural mother's milk, we have no idea at all. And I think there has to be a something important to be unpacked from that if we can only understand it. So those are the two things I'd like answers to in the moment. And they're not easy to do. So if this subject is as fascinating to you as it is to Chris McManus and to me, maybe you'll be one of the scientists who helps uncover the mysteries that still remain about why most people are right-handed, but a few are left-handed. And maybe you can definitively find out whether being ambidextrous is actually a real thing, which Chris thinks it isn't. Thanks so much to Chris McManus for helping us understand the science behind handedness. His book is called Right Hand, Left Hand, The Origins of Asymmetry in Brains, Bodies, Atoms, and Cultures. That's it for today. If you have a question about anything... Grab an adult and get them to help you record your question using a free recording app from their smartphone. Tell us your first name, where you live, how old you are, and what you want us to find out for you. Then send the file to questions at butwhykids.org. If you don't have a smartphone or if talking is challenging, you can always have your adult send us an email with your question. Either way, it's also really helpful if your adult can tell us how to spell your name and maybe transcribe the question for you, but that's a little bit extra. By the way, we love hearing from all of you. Our show is produced by Melody Baudet and me, Jane Lindholm, at Vermont Public Radio and distributed by PRX. Our theme music was composed and performed by Luke Reynolds. We'll be back in two weeks with an all-new episode. Until then, stay curious.
from PRX.